Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, fun episode here. I don't think we did this one last year, but two years ago it engendered uh, quite a bit of discussion and quite a bit of spite uh, as well, uh, we shall say. The top young cores in the NBA, we chose, unlike for the top prospects in the NBA, players 25 and under for this young cores discussion because it's more about the team who's going to be together for a long period of time can grow together even if you know a 24 25 year old is pretty close to what he's going to be you can expect that for the next four or five years that such a player is going to be a part of your favorite team uh as long as they are under team control there's a few that we'll talk about where that might hurt your evaluation of their their young cores um uh, what do you want to say uh, about this process for you before we get started here it's challenging because so many things are sliding scales but a few of the elements that matter to me one star talent star potential we know that mvp all nba caliber players make life so much easier on their teammates so those guys really ratchet up the the value of their team depth is very important because a these are all players we expect to get better and b that makes it so general managers don't have to find as many players to fill out their roster and largely if you're 25 and under using basketball reference ages they'll they'll be within the same kind of progression so that that can work out really well it's great while you don't want everybody necessarily be the same age rising and falling largely together can be a good thing and and then the other part, you, you brought this up a little bit, team control for me. If a player, you know, a player is closer to unrestricted free agency, there are many reasons that could be maybe they were a second round pick and they signed a shorter contract. Like Kelly Oubre is an example there. So yeah, it's possible that full bird rights will be enough for the Suns. But it is true that we can't be as sure that he'll be a part of it because he can leave of his own volition in a year and a half. A few other things. If you haven't demonstrated at least the potential to be a high-level starter already, you're not really going to move the needle much for me in this discussion. You know, like, say, a Kobe White in Chicago, right? Like, okay, yeah, maybe he'll turn out, but are can you count on him right now when you're building your team like okay we got point guard solved for the next 10 years with him eh you know I, I don't think so yet even though he, I, I think he's got some good potential but uh you know it's hard to really give someone like that a, a lot of credit or you know a Nikhil Alexander Walker in New Orleans like the player but you're not saying all right we're done here we we got this position solved um also the fit of that talent together which will be uh certainly something that's going to come up with uh one team in particular here uh how easy it is to fill in around those guys and then lastly how are you going to value the high-end championship potential maybe but maybe for teams that are younger versus the teams that have already established themselves with the young core as a perennial playoff group on the back of that young core but that may not have that much headroom above that to really become a true championship contender now that that's an interesting discussion i'm sure we'll get into that some as we rank these here so without further ado danny i assume we will do this in tears as we normally do do you want to Give start at me, the top or the bottom uh huh 
let's start with the teams that now nah, i think we got to just start it at the top it's gonna be too difficult to do it okay so find out well how about points. how about let's do this okay so let's do the honorable mentions of the top so i had two i had two tiers there one was serious contenders and so those who are familiar with our prospect and position rankings will get this where i thought there was a credible argument first of all to have them in this tier and also maybe that they could be higher or lower depending yeah. on how I, you- I think i'm gonna be a little more granular with my tiers probably i think that's I've fine. got like a top tier that's only like too big yours is bigger right mine is bigger yeah mine yeah. is mine is about seven eight and then i have this other tier which i like it's the worth discussing honorable mention so let's just start with them and I'll, that'll be a clarification for me of why they're not in the one above and okay. I, I think it's a good place to start so for me that group is four teams they all have star power they all have some depth but they're missing an element of the things that I just talked about and so the first one of those for me is the toronto raptors one of the big weaknesses for the raptors is just that their young talent is older so siakam is awesome but this is his last year on the list he's 20 he 25 van yeah. vliet is well 25. but it's not his last year on the team no 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 no. and he just signed an extension ananobi and then they have a bunch of kind of more low-end rotation players and so siakam really like him we this came up on an nba cast recently i think his probably his best reasonable case scenario would be second team all nba which is great i mean there are a lot of players on these lists that won't get there and van vliet i hope that he could be a solid starter i like him a lot better on a team that has a lot of other good players but he provides value so do you dis- do you think they should be in a higher tier because of the strength of Siakam? yeah they were my number six overall okay. team i actually have them ahead of the celtics which will be a wow discussion wow because i uh yeah um this is a this is why I wanted to start at the top, actually. Okay, but be, we, we can do that then. Be, because people are going to be like, oh my God, we have these guys... And, uh, you know, how can you not have us hired? Well, the reason we can't have you hired is because we have all these other better teams. And so I think like, we kind of have to start with those so that it seems more credible as people are listening to it of like, and so, sorry for being so disjointed here to to you guys, the listeners, we probably should have argued about this off the air <laughs> beforehand. Uh, but um, yeah, because I, I think we're just uh, like, if you start at the bottom and I'm like, oh, well, these guys should be higher, then it's like we're getting into teams we haven't talked about yet. And so. Okay, that's um, fine. So then let's start at the top then. All right. So I have two. Two teams in my top tier. Number one team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay. Um, so, so we're going to have some real disagreements here. This no, will be fun. We, we, we definitely are. And Joel Embiid has an argument, probably not a great one, for being the best player on this list who's actually under team control for the foreseeable future because Giannis is still 25 but uh you know he could leave in theory um if they sign him to that designated veteran extension it would look a lot better but he won't be 25 uh, by the time we do this next year so Joel Embiid might be the best the other guy is Luka Doncic that's and the Mavs with my number two team I default more towards just having the really high-end players they got two all-star level players right now don't fit together that well maybe but I don't think any of the other teams on this list can say that, especially when you have, you know, an all NBA player and then another all-star low end all NBA player, maybe in Simmons and Embiid might be the best player outside of Giannis on this list. I probably would go with Luca at this point now, but Embiid is up there too. And then you got Matisse Seibel that you can throw in as well. I don't really, I'm not giving any credence to any of their other guys like Smith or Korkmaz. Um, but Seibel is a, another nice piece there. Uh, probably a starter level of player in time, which means something well so and so, so here's I mean, so yeah. this is this is interesting for me with Embiid because yes 
I would argue that that Philly's number two is better than Denver's number two. But the margin, you're you're I think you're claiming a much larger margin between Embiid and Jokic than is than is justified. I mean, Jokic was an amazing player last year. He he had that rough start to this year. And you can make it I mean, Embiid could be a better playoff guy because he's the defensive chops and all that. But then so I have Denver as my number one. I have I have Philly in my top tier, but I don't have them close to number one because oh, so, so you got Denver above the Mavs as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because wow, what, okay. what Denver has is volume. So Jokic. Yeah, but I, I, see, I don't care about volume as much. They, because, they have a whole yeah. team. I mean, so Dallas has two guys: Luca and Porzingis. Jalen Brunson is a useful piece. I think they're more as a backup than a starter. Denver, right. if you take out. Paul Millsap. And remember, now they have Jeremy Grant, who is eligible for this list. They had the second best record in the Western Conference last year, anchored by these players. That's to me, that is an entirely different conversation. They were they were great, and a lot of that is the foundation for what they're doing now. Jokic had that rough start. I think, you know, the, this ties in, you know, the 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 lingering things of when you're bad versus when you're good. He's an unbelievable talent, was a first team all NBA caliber player last year. And so to to me, so okay, so let's say for the sake of argument, let's say Jokic and Embiid are close. Then you're saying the argument is that Ben Simmons by himself, maybe with a little bit of Matisse Thibel, you'll take that over Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter Jr., Jeremy Grant, Monty Morris, Malik Beasley, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Bull Bull, if we're counting him. Like, that's... We're, we're not. Yeah, but that, like, <laughs> that group is an entire team under cost control. And I think it's... It's very challenging well, well, to cost me. control. I don't know about that. Like Jokic and Murray are on max contracts. Oh, so is Ben Simmons. So, so yeah. I mean, come on, come on here. Like that, that, there's so much more depth that the Sixers have to rely on players who are not eligible for this list. They are, you can make an argument that, I mean, depending on full strength, that they aren't as good as the Nuggets. And I, I just think that you're you're putting so much weight on, and I love Joel Embiid as you do, to a margin that is much thinner. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a, a difference in philosophy. I'm glad we're having this discussion. I actually have the Nuggets number five, <laughs> and it, that, and this is a we got into this in the open that to me it's really about the highest end talent, right? It, and I, I see all of what you're saying. You know, I think the Nuggets are going to be the fourth or fifth best team in the Western Conference for a long time, maybe even the third best team. But I don't think that they have the championship upside with this group. And I do think that the Sixers do. And ultimately, I, because, I think it'd Because be, of those young players or because of the other things that don't count in this, like Tobias Harris and Al Horford? No, I think I think it is because of those young players. I think Embiid, to me, has a higher upside than Jokic. Jokic, to me, has a better median outcome because he doesn't have the injury history. Uh, but I think Embiid, as a high-end defender, especially now with the demise of some of these great outside shooting teams, he just has such an effect and uh, there's a lot of teams that he's going to be really difficult to stop against uh, and Ben Simmons uh, is really good defensively too I mean I think as luck like look at like if you have those two guys right like with those two guys and just some dudes that you could sign like I mean they're good players but players that you can find around two max guys like Redick and Covington and Sharich like they were basically winning as many games as the Nuggets with those guys two years ago and that's like the lowest end outcome for this Sixers team if those two guys are healthy so it's really it's about the upside I mean if, if you're gonna say hey is it more likely than not that the Sixers I mean I think it's just much more likely that the Sixers get to a finals with their guys than that the than the Nuggets do with their guys because they just don't have the upside. I, I, I like, yeah, how, I think I like how you're using the with their guys like the complete difference in depth doesn't matter I mean you because well, remember well, Embiid, and, 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 yeah. and Simmons are both on max contracts the same logic that, that you used before of oh flexibility and all this stuff well, how how would you they got lucky in terms of 
Sam Hinkie using the process. So they got those guys on value contracts and then built from there. It's, I think that they benefit from circumstance. Circumstances that if you plop those two guys who don't fit well together offensively, obviously they do defensively, that don't fit well, that you have to put very specific pieces around them that aren't easy to find. You know, all those guys that are capable defenders have positional size and can shoot because how much shooting do you need around those two guys? It can happen. It has happened. But I think yeah. that's a lot to ask. Well, I mean, they just signed Al Horford with cap space this year, right? Like, they, they you, you can still... I just don't put as much credence on the guys who aren't really top of it. This is much more to me. And that's why I have the Mavs this high, too. It's much more to me. And I'm trying not to put in, you know, here's how much these guys make. Like, that isn't necessarily part of this exercise. No, but it's, it's how can you build a team around them? I think that's fa- it's fair to consider to an extent. Well, yeah, but I mean... It's more of a tiebreaker than anything though, Right, yeah. Um, so, I mean, but that's what it is. It's just that, that you're, if you have Jokic and Murray as your two best players, as opposed to Embiid and Simmons, I just think your upside is higher as a team if you have those first two guys. And, 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 then and, that, and that could be a fair point. Yeah. But I mean, the, to me, the volume matters because those are spots you don't have to fill. You do- well, and Th- Thibel might have, to me, he probably has more value than Harris at this point. I mean, his uh, fall off has been very troubling. Um, Porter Jr., you know, I'm not sure if you want to say that Simmons and Embiid are not a good fit together offensively. I think Porter Porter Jr. and Jokic are a pretty bad fit together defensively. So there's a concern there. Murray and Jokic are not a great fit together defensively. Uh, Harris, if he can't shoot anymore, he's really good defensively, but he's kind of a tough fit with this group too so but but I, they, I all, they yeah. yeah they all they also have other options you know jeremy grant if jeremy grant well, and Jokic is interesting yeah but grant, grant i don't really consider as much here because he's not under contract any longer than this year yeah but they'll have bird rights on him i mean it's it, it, i agree yeah. with you that it is it, you he tones down and especially more so than the restricted guys like beasley and wancho because if the if the nuggets want those guys back they can get them back uh, but let's okay so we've we've had that and i think that's a clarifying a clarifying argument and and your argument with dallas i mean it's the same basically the same argument because dallas has an mvp caliber player in luca and luca is 20 which to me is a material difference because he we expect that young players who are great get better that's the way this generally works out if they stay healthy porzingis is 24 and then for me they're just they're shallow outside of that and and they're shallow at positions that are hard to find you know so they need you need defensive wings ideally it'd be great to have another ball handler ball handler parts a little bit easier than some of those wings but i i have no problem i mean that i thought about moving dallas higher that, that you know that for me and, well, to- well so so here's my argument why i have dallas higher is again like I, I these support guys you know the whole the the depth thing like dallas this year and they didn't do it through the draft either they just did it in free agency around Doncic and porzingis um like i think the mavs are better than denver this year already and and Doncic has a lot more headroom to grow than some of the guys on denver and so you're it's like okay yeah fine gary harris fine you could you could fill in yeah whether he's he's technically young so that should be more of the young core but i just he doesn't have that much surplus value to me over just like some guy that you could get in free agency i i think you're i think you're right our ideas of replacement value are very different which is an important part of this the, the that it's especially when you consider like for me 2020 is a crappy free agent class 
that filling these spots, I think, you, and especially remember, Dallas did a lot of that through restricted rights. Like, you know, Maxi Kleba got less money. Dorian Finney-Smith got less money because they were restricted and had less low cap holds and they had an owner that was willing to spend. Like, saying that is how it would be moving forward, like if you were to transport these guys onto a different circumstance, I, I don't think that's necessarily fair. But- yeah, well, and that's and that's why I make the point that you, the Nuggets may have more certainty than a team like the Sixers or the Mavs. But I, as always, just like with the in the top prospects, I'm all about the high end outcome, and your high end outcome with Luka Doncic as your best guy is just a lot higher than it is with Nikola Jokic, in my opinion. So, using your logic, then the reason the Pelicans aren't there is because Zion is less proven than those guys, because you had Zion number two in your prospects ranking. Um, yeah, I had so you well, so you had you had Nuggets one. Yeah, I guess we could talk about the other teams. So, my tier one is Sixers and Mavs. I could very easily be convinced to change that. Um, I've just I've seen a little bit more of the Sixers guys in the playoffs than I have of Doncic and Porzingis, and I also really worry about Porzingis's injury issues. Though they might even bother me more than Embiid's injury issues. So that's my tier one because those are guys who basically on the backs of those guys are you know real good playoff teams right now, and you have players there that I think can be the best player on a championship team. Again, I think Jokic was better than Embiid last year in terms of his availability. He's available more again this year, but I think Embiid has more capability to be the best player on a championship team than Jokic does. Um, So then my tier two, I have the Nuggets at number five, and then I have the Grizz and Pels at three and four. Those are very, again, very different teams, um, you know, in terms of where they are, how the age of some of these guys, um, the certainty there. But I'm trying to balance what I see as superior upside from the Grizz and Pels with the increased certainty for the Nuggets. I have all those teams in my in my top tier because my tier is bigger than yours. And the Pelicans, I had them at number three. And part of the, again, the, the strength of just having optionality, you know, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil, those are probably the, the principles. And then they have other ones. And of course, draft picks don't count in this at all because right. they're not, they're not, they don't count in the young core. They don't exist yet. They aren't actualized. And if Zion had played the first half of the season, they could very well have been higher for me. I, I And that Ingram has grown so much as a shooter fundamentally changes it for me too, because now their pieces fit together. So some of the concerns that I have offensively about Embiid and Simmons, while they are obviously more established as players, don't necessarily go there. And the, the depth, I mean, the, the Pelicans have a lot of upside. And that's another, I didn't, I don't think I articulated this well enough in the intro, that how much, how good could these guys be? And Zion has, the sky's the limit for his potential. He's one of my favorite prospects of the last decade and so that he gets a lot of benefit from that ingram has grown so much he's he's one of one of my top prospects as well and then while lonzo and josh hart you could you could say to us that they've disappointed they look more like starters or you know fringe starters than before they do complement successful teams I, I like lonzo's defense and rebounding and josh hart fits a role that is harder to find than most so like that and then having rolls of the dice jackson hayes Nikhil, one of our one of our favorite steals of the draft last year i i, I think we're we're in kind of of a similar mind on the Pelicans, which is interesting because we disagree on so many other things. Yeah. And again, for the Pelicans, yeah, there is a lot of uncertainty. I mean, and Nikola Jokic, you could say, hey, he's so much better than Zion. If you had to say, what are the odds that Zion is going to be better than Jokic? I think it's less than a 50% chance that Zion is better than, than Jokic, but he might have the upside to be a generational type player. I mean, this it's really interesting when you look at, you know, John Morant, Jaron Jackson, and Dylan Brooks 
versus Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Lonzo Ball. Who's better out of that? I mean, that is really, that is difficult. I mean, I, maybe I should have the Pels higher because it, Ingram is at a higher level right now than anyone has demonstrated on the Grizz. Yeah, and we both had Zion over Jaw still. So for, for me, that, yeah. I had the Pels over the Grizzlies. Yeah, I mean, now that was even, Jaw has been taking even further steps sure. since we did that even, you know, three weeks ago. But yeah, and I think I like Clark and Melton more than Hart and Hayes and Alexander Walker. If you have to go into the the depth pieces, I like the Grizz health a little bit more. All of, all of the three main guys on the Pels have had injury issues. That's true. Now, I mean, Ja. Part of what I've been saying about him is like watch him while you can because he's either gonna figure out how to play smarter or he's just gonna like not be as athletically explosive or get hurt or something like that just it seems like that you know Derek Rose is another where it's like all right appreciate this guy while he's young so uh, there's definitely a concern about how he's gonna age you know and how he's gonna look five years from now not to mention eight years from now I like that you get to be the enemy of Boston and not me because I have the Celtics second and for me the the, the strength here is not only that they they have so you, you have the Celtics over the Sixers. I do because the I like how their guys fit together and they they can do it on the the offensive and defensive ends. They don't have that straw that's just drink offensively, but they can fit with a lot of different types of players there. And wings are just so intensely valuable in the league. Also, the Celtics guys to me they have more room to grow. Simmons has been one of our big laments that he he hasn't worked as much and and Bodner and I talked about that maybe that's coming with time. We'll have to see. But Tatum and Brown have gotten so much more confident with the ball in their do, hands. Do you think Tatum or Brown is ever going to be a top 10 player in the league? I think it's a decent chance. And Embiid, remember how much time he misses. I don't think Simmons is going to be one either. I mean, no, I, I, would, I would say so. You're correct on Simmons. But I think, no, more likely than not, neither Tatum or Brown becomes a, a top 10 player. But uh, the, the guy know. who pushes them up for me, I just love that they have Marcus Smart. And it's amazing how he has changed his place in this has changed for me, kind of like Brandon Ingram, by becoming more reliable at something that I thought was a true weakness. And Smart never questioned his defensive chops. Neither of us has, but he's become a more reliable shooter. And I don't even know where he fits it necessarily, even as a starter on a good team. But having Marcus Smart, like if you're thinking about putting this group of players together, and maybe this is something I value more than you do, of if you change around the supporting casts a lot, that if you put just those guys as the foundation, it's going to be a pretty interesting team. And then they have options outside of that. Grant Williams, Robert Williams could be a part of a rotation. Ojale, you and I seem to both like him more than Brad Stevens does. And then, you know, Edwards, Romeo Langford, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't not. really consider those. Yeah, those they're they're guys. they're just they're options. And if it works out, because I'm thinking not just about right now, but it's moving forward. And there's a chance those guys become starters on or or at least become worthy rotation players, then that matters. I mean that's because that's a spot that you don't have to fill, even with whether it's a minimum contract or a mid level exception. Like those can be expensive and we've seen good foundations get sidetracked because of a lack of depth yeah to me Embiid uh, yeah having the Celtics seventh it's uh, I put so much more on just who the best the top player is and I just don't quite so then where do you have the Bucks because Giannis is the best player on this list Uh, well he there'd be a lot higher if he actually were under contract for more than a year and a half I I have them at eighth it's just that, like, the fact, and they have nobody else. But DiVincenzo is their second best guy. And uh, DJ I, Wilson's probably the third, and he's basically not playing for them right now. Right. 
but yeah i mean Giannis obviously you know probably if not the best player in the nba he's 1a um during the regular season he's probably the best player in the nba but yeah it's just the fact that he could be out the door in a year and a half that that's the that's my only concern they he would be you know just based on him alone they would be in the top five if it weren't for that aspect Okay, so we've made it through this, then then now we get back into the Raptors, and your logic is fine. It's just that we have a, a little bit of a disagreement about how that works, but it's not it's not anything groundbreaking in terms of yeah. it's the same it's the same discussion again. And I don't think I mean so Siakam, Van Vliet, and Anobi is a really nice foundation. You could move those guys into a lot of systems. Would still need a big to work within it, but you have more more shot creation in that group than we would have expected last year because of the growth and the role change for Siakam and Van Vliet. So that's very encouraging as well. But let me ask you this. As of right now, this moment, like just for, just for this year, would you rather have Siakam, Van Vliet, and, and Anobi or Tatum, Brown, and Smart? Just, j- just for the 1920 season? Yes, assuming they're all healthy. I think I'd rather have the Raptors group because Siakam has established what he can do in that. Now, why I'm dicey on it is because what that Boston group needs to succeed beyond him is reasonably attainable. I mean, they got Kemba Walker. Walker was higher than you could have expected in the abstract. But with a weaker point guard, I still think that's a damn good team. Yeah, and I have those those teams right next to each other as well. I, I could easily see the argument for the Celtics. I don't think it's clear. But I think Siakam, I just like his next five years better than any of those Celtics guys I think that's what it boils down to now you get more years of those guys in theory because they're younger but well in theory and, and in C- practice because they have longer they have longer before free agency than Siakam is. yeah yeah and Siakam just you know he's playing at a, an all NBA level this year and I'm I don't again I'm like you know Tatum and Brown it's like yeah maybe they might sneak in there but I just don't see superstar potential with those two guys oh well, I'm sorry I, sh- I misspoke I don't see like a superstar probability i mean i think it's more likely than not that those guys don't get to where siakam was even for the first part of this year so maybe and maybe siakam was over his head there maybe i'm overrating him a little bit so again this is very close to me and i certainly think you know i'd rather have brown over van fleet and smart over ananobi if you're matching up the twos and the threes there any any teams that you had really high that we haven't talked about yet? No, the next three that I had, I think there are arguments to have them higher than I did. And it's the Suns, the Magic, and the Hawks. The Suns, Devin Booker, I believe was top five for both of us. And they have a lot of other options. You know, DeAndre Ayton, who's been playing better recently, he's only 21. And, you know, the, the how he fits on a playoff team might take years for us to figure out, but also he can improve a lot defensively. And we saw that in in some of the stretches of the year. But also having Ubre Sharich, who might be gone soon, we don't know. Mikhail Bridges, who I really like. So, so the, I think the Suns, and the Suns, actually, one of the other points I want to make with them, along with the Pelicans and the Grizzlies, to me, they're the teams that stand out here. They have the most room to grow within the next year without adding any additional talent you know like if John Miranda if, if what he has shown in this part is real and it continues Memphis goes way higher on the list Zion if he actually is what we think he might be but the Suns have a lot of have a lot of guys that I think could help so I'm just a little bit lower on seeing how it works out but I'm open I'm open to the possibility that they're top five for me next year yeah absolutely and I have them a little higher than the Hawks even though I'm a little higher on Young than Booker I think I'd probably like have Aiton a little bit higher than John Collins. I would this too. Point. I, I, ironic that we're comparing uh, both those two PD suspension guys. Um, Ubre to me, you know, versus Herder. That's an interesting question. I definitely like 
Bridges and Cam Johnson. Sharge is interesting because I have this feeling that he's not going to be on the team next year. Um, and he hasn't he hasn't really shown a, a ton of growth. But he's still um, way more established than Hunter Reddish, like all those type of guys on the Hawks, which is crazy. Sure, but he's also sure. older, obviously. Yeah, and, and I mean the Suns are playing winning basketball, winning ish basketball on the backs of some of these guys. Yeah, they've got some more real vets like uh, Aaron Baines and Rubio that the Hawks would kill to have right now. And uh, but yeah, I mean, have, and having some of those wings who you know bridge and Ubre, who can be starter level of players potentially going forward you know that, that's definitely and, useful and that's why i have the suns over the hawks is those yeah. spots are harder to find i mean look at the resources that travis link gave up to try to find one of those type of guys in in hunter and yeah. i haven't seen all of that yet the other team i have in this group is the orlando magic john isaac unfortunately being out for a while yeah i think 22. you're way too high on them gordon and fultz i love i really like them as a defensive foundation and the fact that you can play Isaac and Gordon together at the at, at the three four or the four five is real value. You do need wings, obviously, but those guys are defensive forwards that can make it work. And I've been it, it, there is an argument. This is the same thing about transporting them that Vucevic is a big part of what makes them offensively viable, and I think that's a complete and Fournier obviously too. But a lot of talent there, and you know, I I, I do agree that generally speaking, offense is more valuable than defense. But having that pretty much locked down and i trust in those guys as a defensive foundation matters a lot to me yeah i get you i just don't see like no one on that list is ever going to get i mean maybe fultz could get back into there but uh, who's going to be in our top 10 prospects list i could see or, isaac, i could see isaac being there no for me no hesitation that there's a chance i mean the injury yeah. hurts but he could be a defensive player of the year yeah maybe but I, but I, the I, argument the ar- see the argument i think you should be making is that none of them could get into like the top five or so like they're they're not yeah, well, there that's, isn't that's, there isn't that kind of upside like there is for Trey Young, Devin Booker, Aiton, maybe to that extent, but definitely the first two. Well, I think by making the argument that they weren't going to get into the top 10, I was also making the argument that they weren't going to get into the top 10. Well, no, but one argument was more (laughs) accurate than the other. So the team that I think is the based on the logics that we've been using, and it's really a one a one guy circumstance, considering you and I don't love Jared Culver, is the Wolves. I mean, Carl Anthony well, Towns. Yeah. Carl Anthony yeah. Towns is a massive talent. And even though what he's better at is not the more important thing defensively, I mean, for, I guess the, the, the counter for my, for my stuff is, okay, well, Towns and Jokic, the margin between those two guys, especially because Towns before this yeah. run of questionables had been an Iron Man, that the difference between them is is, is pretty stark. So yeah, maybe I should move them into the, the next. I should probably move them up a tier. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I had them higher just on the strength oh. of Towns. And I mean, I think that we, and it's hard not to do this, but you know, Towns might be better than Embiid or Jokic. Absolutely. Like if you if you really got him on a on a real team, and he's only twenty four, he doesn't have the the injury history of Embiid. But and I think that we are kind of underrating this core because of the fact that Wiggins is so disappointing and he's on the max deal and it just looks so hopeless right now for Towns. But it's not Towns' fault necessarily that you know they yeah, have and, and their horrible collective team shooting is something yeah. that could be corrected fairly reasonably. Yeah, and I do think that now you might lower the wolves a little bit because they're so bad that Towns might just want out of there and maybe he's not really under team control as long as you would hope. But he is. I mean that yeah and also I think there's a differentiator why the other reason I want to move them up a tier is that because of the blue chip nature of Towns I think that there's a, a little bit of a difference between them and, and the next group which aren't bad teams in terms of young cores they just aren't the same they don't have the same kind of ceiling 
So this is a team where your logic for the magic being higher than the heat that I don't understand at all. Like if you're loving defense so much, bam to me, I almost, I like him better than Isaac. I think defensively. Yeah. But so to me, yeah, I agree with that, but Gordon especially is way more established than anybody else that the heat have. And I think that he has more, he has more potential as well. Yeah. Um, But, but I mean the, the heat have got, you know, almost like four starters, you know, Robinson, Kendrick, Nunn, Winslow, I'm not putting as much in, uh, but it, Hero obviously has looked really good. I mean, they, you basically have like a playoff team with just those guys now. You know, well, not, I mean, there are some important players on the Heat that aren't included in that. I mean, just like... Just I their best they player? Still, they would still make the playoffs this year without Butler and Dragic. Those are really their only important players. Um, you know, I don't include Jarek Jones Jr. as much because he's about to be a UFA. But yeah, I, I mean, I think that like you take like these guys just with the basis of them, they're like as good as the Magic are right now, and that's with you know throwing in Nikola Vucevic as an important piece for the Magic. So well, but I would the, have the heat but above. Spo, the Magic I have Spo is sure. one of the best coaches in the league, and I think that's an important part of why they're succeeding. Mm, okay, and Clifford's not bad, but he's not Spo, and the system that they've created, and yeah, I, I think it's. It's a fair criticism. I will I will acknowledge that. And it might just be for me that the when the Magic, the openings that they have kind of on the offensive end, I think that those are spots that they can fill. But maybe that's just not fair. Maybe I, and, and I, I've been high on Isaac before. And, and, and I mean, Bam is awesome. I had Bam higher than Isaac in the, in the prospect rankings. Yeah, maybe I should probably have those teams in the same tier. I think that that's, that's fair. Also, I'll move them. I'll move them to the bottom of the tier. I still think the Magic are better, but that is a fair thing. Now, let's talk about a team that, Yes, they've been disappointing, but I'm guessing there will be people who will be shocked that we haven't talked about them yet, and that's the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls, it's more of a volume argument rather than a top end, though Zach Levine has been amazingly productive, different kind of productive that you and I prefer. But Levine, Carter, Markkanen, then to a lesser extent, Kobe White and Chris Dunn. That's a group. It's just that to me, like with the same thing that we've been talking about of like, oh, well, how far is that group taking them? That's the foundation of the Bulls team, and they've been massively disappointing this year. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Carter to me actually has been better than expected. Agreed. I, I, I would say that forward. too. Uh, but you know, he's struggled with some of these injury issues. And Levine, I mean, I think he's played right about where you would hope he would in the aggregate. But he's not necessarily able to drive efficient offense for his team himself. I mean, with his three point shooting, he's been pretty efficient. But I mean, Markinen just such a massive disappointment this year. Just has not shown the growth since his rookie year. Ball hasn't gone in enough for him from three. And Kobe White, we haven't seen what he can do just playing point guard i mean he's played basically all of his minutes with another point guard uh, and but you know he hasn't necessarily shown enough where you're like oh man i'm like so excited about this guy at this point in time he could become a quality starter i'm not foreclosing on that but yeah i mean the bulls to me you know i don't know if this is the core of of a playoff team and i think you can say that and you either have one guy with a lot of upside which i don't think you have the bulls or you've got kind of like the heat a core of a playoff team with this group and you know i think it's pretty clear that it's neither of those for chicago uh i would have the magic down in this group too i i was lower on them just due to the fact that they don't have any kind of creator with this group and they've struggled to find such a player for so long it shows that it's a little harder um two others that i think others that people might be frustrated we don't have higher the jazz it's really just donovan mitchell and that's it but yeah donovan mitchell is a a very good player so but to me he's he's a different you know he's not in the same rarefied era as joel Embiid and some of the other guys so that's why that's why they're a little bit lower and also just the sheer lack of anything else is is a little bit scared me off of putting them higher even though i love donovan 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, the Spurs, you know, again, Murray, Derek White, who barely makes the cut here, Jakob Pertl, Lonnie Walker, just don't have any of the high upside guys. I mean, none of these guys have actually even really established themselves as like a high-end quality starter yet, uh, not to mention, uh, and, and this is a bar of 25, not 23 too. So, I mean, you've got a lot of very good players there. So they, they can't be in this list. I mean, it, it's... Um, Kings, I'm sure many Kings fans would have hoped that they are higher. They have absolutely nobody in terms of the depth, really, uh, with De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. That's it. But Bagley, uh, it's been a struggle for him. We've seen some of the fit issues for him. Maybe he can make some hay the second half of this year. Fox is starting to come on, but he had a rough start of the year as well. But it, neither of those guys, to me, is enough to get them into the list you know of like a i mean ne- no, neither of those guys are in our top 10 prospects under 23 and they're both eligible so it's tough to be uh up a- among the leaders there and you know they haven't really driven that much winning this year either and a team i have over them that we haven't discussed yet is the indiana pacers turner and sabonis are both 23 and the fit of those two guys has been better but turner hasn't taken the strides that i really wanted that i wanted him to do after such a nice defensive year in 18 19 and outside of those guys aaron holiday and goga patadze are the keys both of those right now look more like backups maybe in a year we were higher on them but the overall strength of the profile just isn't quite there so that's why that's why they're here they're not they're far from the worst in the league but they don't get in it's i don't think it's good to discuss them with those top tier teams or even the honorable mentions yeah and as good a story as the thunder have been this year shea gilgis alexander is really the only person they have that's worth even talking about here you know then you go down into your terrence ferguson's and your lou dorts and your hamadou diallo's uh, after that uh darius basley maybe but it's you know none of none of those guys are really you know shown themselves to even be starter level of players so it's really shade so they've got a lot more work to do to build up this young core despite the fact that they've been a feel-good story this year they're doing that really on the back of vets other than shea by the way petition for the thunder announcers to just call him shea instead of sga yeah i think seems that'd a, be better a lot easier they're also i'll go through the remainder of this group so they're not the the weakest cores in the league but they're also not in the consideration for the top the knicks R.J. Barrett, Mitchell Robinson, Julius Randle, Kevin Knox. Part of it is that I don't love how those guys fit together. If R.J. has a really nice calendar year 2020, they could be higher. Also, presumably, they'll get a good draft pick. Hopefully, that player doesn't suck. That will help. Golden State Warriors, D'Angelo Russell, one of the only all-stars actually on this list, but you and I both have qualms about how that happened. He's 23, Pascal's 23, Kevon Looney, and then it really kind of goes on beyond there. The Cavs, Garland and Sexton, both in their early 20s. Kevin Porter, I like him a lot. He could, end up, if, if, if he recovers from injury and looks good late this year, starting next year, that could help them a lot. Chetty, yeah. Exum. Yeah, I mean, it, but the, I mean, that's one where are any of those guys, even you feel comfortable projecting them as an above average starter? Exactly. Point, that's that's why they can't be in the next highest tier. That's why they're here. The Pistons, if Sekou Dambuya had played more earlier, maybe they would be higher on this. But again, there isn't, a, there isn't enough overall strength. I like Kennard. I like Bruce Brown, but there isn't enough there. So I I feel comfortable with them in this tier. And then the last team, the Hornets, Devontae Graham, P.J. Washington, Rozier, Bridges. You know, it's not terrible. And and Devontae's growth this year should be lauded. And and they, I expected them to be definitely not in this tier, but Devontae Graham has worked his way into it. And full credit to him for that. Well, and I think the the last thing I'll take away from this uh, as we wrap up here is... 
you just get an idea when you're really comparing and with some of these young cores of how far some of these teams have to go like the Cavs, for example i mean they've been in it now for a couple of years you know they, they don't have any and we, we felt the same way with when we did the prospects but this shows that uh, again because you're looking at more at a larger group of just you know who is even the one blue chipper that you can compare when you're with some of these other teams or the pistons are just going to have such a long way to go as siku as uh, the best guy there even the thunder with shea only he's a nice piece but they still got a lot more work to do hornets same thing look at the wizards as well if you consider them a rebuilding team where you know Rui Hachimura, troy brown you know the, and i think it's very easy on a young fan base of like yeah we've got a lot of young talent right like this is why this was such a controversial discussion a couple of years ago as it turned out probably underrated a lot of those lakers guys who have looked much better since they've been moved uh but it, you, you say for example like the wizards yeah you know like this is great like Rui Hachimura, we just drafted him like he's playing reasonably well and Troy Brown, and then we got Mo Wagner. It's like, okay, you know, those guys are nice stories. Maybe they will be starters at some point, but really go through and compare that young group to other young groups around the league. And he starts to say, okay, yeah, like this is, we've got a long way to go here, even if there are some feel good stories. Everybody wants to believe that, but you have to actually, that's why I think these exercises are important because it's so easy to get myopic, fall in love with your own wins as a fan base or even as a basketball ops department. Uh, Hollinger and Seth Partnow talked about this yesterday where teams are always really overvaluing their organizational wins in particular. And so that's why you got to say, all right, let's be objective here. Let's try and compare this to other teams and you realize that maybe you know it's not going to look that amazing i have one question one more question for you sure i have i laid out a bottom tier with six teams in it do you have one of those that stands out to you as the worst young core in the league oh let's see here i mean if you're just doing the best player or the best prospect on some of these cores and the clippers with shamit and zubach that's not amazing probably your the blazers have zach collins and simon simons has a little bit of upside I'd rather have Shamit than Simons for the record, but Collins is Okay. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, but Simons might have more upside than Shamit if you're talking about Yeah. Try I, I mean I think when we're thinking about this here as a core, you're like, okay, we want guys who might someday be a, you know, a first through third best player. At least that's my philosophy. Because it, you know, as opposed to, you know, a good fourth best player. Yeah, see for me the reason I have Shamit over Simons is because I think that he's the type of fourth best player who works on a lot of different teams and so that portability really is something I value. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And obviously, I mean, the Clippers, the Rockets basically have Clint Capella and that's it. And, uh, Capella's, and Capella's 25, which is, a, which is yeah. a challenge too. He's not he's not going to grow into a superstar. We know that. So you know, Wiz, again, I mean, at least Rui, Troy Brown, those guys have a little bit more juice potentially. Well, but here, here's, the, here's the thing I might, why I might end up with the Wizards is, well, Clint Capella isn't sexy. He is better now and has been better the last couple of years then there's a yeah. pretty good chance that any of those wizards ever end up being yeah that's fair um and then the other one for me to talk about is the lakers because kuzma caruso and then maybe Taylor horton tucker kuzma the problem for me with kuzma and why why they're in this conversation is the places where he's more to me more of a floor raiser than a ceiling raiser and i don't necessarily kind of paralleling to an extent zach levine i don't necessarily like the way he raises the floor um but he does have talent and and maybe he over the over time can can fill a smaller role in a bigger machine that type of thing so who's your pick for the worst Ugh. um i'm torn for me for me the bottom is between the wizards and the lakers i i because i would rather i would rather have 
I, I think Allen, the Nets with Allen Prince and and they have just a bunch of lottery tickets. I think that at least they have options. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Lakers at the bottom just because I think the best role for Kuzma is not as a starter. And even though you could make an argument that he's better than all the Wizards guys, at least the Wizards have some options. Yeah, it's funny. I think of this too again as a core of like this. These guys as the core of your team, you at least need to have some scoring. So I, I would put Kuzma a little bit higher there. Oh, to me, it's probably between the Nets and the Rockets, just because I could foresee some potential outcomes for Rui and Troy Brown. And Mo Wagner, it, sadly, he's been out with his sprained ankle, but he showed a, a, a fair amount. Maybe he could be a, a starting offensive center. And, and Capella is just a, as like, oh, wow, this is our number one guy, the guy we're building around. And he's just sort of like, oh, man. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, I'm going to call it Rockets, especially because just the amount of trades of first round picks and stuff that they've made they just have no depth as well there's just nobody here's what i will say i will be shocked if the rockets are not worse next year yeah well after the harden trade they could really refill the coffers should we we end on that (laughs) yes uh, we got a couple questions about that in the in the uh, in the cast the other day. It's not out of the realm of possible. They lose in the first round. There, there could be some changes coming. All right, this is fun. Mock trade deadline coming up though on Sunday. That is our hope, at least, to get that to you. We uh, don't want to count our chickens before they've hatched, but I, I think we should at least be able to get part one of that out for you. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Don't forget about Hollinger and Duncan as well. Uh, my great discussion with John about what actually happens at the trade deadline, how these negotiations negotiations go down i learned so much from that that is really an essential primer before this trade season about why you don't see as many creative trades i thought was was really fascinating for him to talk about and that'll do it we'll talk to you all on sunday night till then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.